0: So, first of all, one of the things that we're noticing, I'm writing my book, Atheism Destroys. It's going to be ready in about two months or so. And I'm doing my final chapter. And the final chapter is, uh, as you might guess, I guess uh, the destruction of society through the virus and our response to the virus and, of course, the subsequent riots and the collapse of society that I think we're seeing today. And... It's been really a challenge. I gotta tell you, a real challenge to, to write this particular chapter. Not because I can't figure out what to say, it's just there's too much to say, right? Whether it's the, the, the hypocrisy of the hydroxychloroquine or how they try to shut out voices or how Anthony Fauci said, yes, masks are, are sorry, no, masks are ridiculously stupid to, to wear and now it's everyone's gotta wear it. Um, and, and from doctors saying you know that protesting is really great for for your health uh, and then at, at, by the same time also saying that going to churches is, is very dangerous you know that that presumably is not good for your health um, and then all the other hypocrisies uh, about what happened with covid and otherwise and it's just too many things and i don't know how to i mean really it's it's a it's an embarrassment of riches when it comes you know as an author you're trying to put it all together, and it really is, it's flummoxing, I tell you, flummoxing, Um, the the response of George Floyd in particular. But there is one thing I, I do have as a general theme, and I call, the chapter is called 2020, the year of fear, okay? And it's all about fear. And I say how our response to the COVID crisis, if you want to call it that, And it's uh, the decision not to even change plans based upon newly found information, newly discovered information. For example, that uh, asymptomatic people cannot transmit this virus. They just can't. It's extremely rare, at least. Or that kids don't get it. So, uh, you know, you would think that people would then open up the schools. Well, they don't open the schools. And if asymptomatic people can't really transmit it or get it, then, then why, uh, why wear masks, especially outside? Are we, oh, P.S., we also know that if, if you're outside, you're not going to get it. Putting aside the fact that masks don't work anyway. So what's the explanation for this? I put it to you, Ari, that it's because we embrace fear these days, Instead of dealing with a crisis the way it needs to be dealt with. Where it's, it's not that they're saying, okay, well, we have got this pandemic. Let's try to reduce the, the spread. That's not really the question. What they're really doing is they're saying, how can, we, how can we respond to our fear? How can we just panic? What's the best way we can panic? And this, I put it to you, is not godly. God does not want us to live in fear. And yet, though, our whole society is turning itself around on fear. Because you can never be too safe, never be too cautionary uh, to avoid this, this spread. As Andrew Cuomo, the governor of New York, said, if we can even save one life, then all of this will somehow be worth it. I say it's not worth it. I mean, if it's only one life that we're talking about, then no. I think intellectually, if you do that, that thought experiment in your head, would you say, let's turn down the entire economy? For the sake of one person, the answer should be a resounding no.
1: Especially if turning off the economy kills
0: many more than for one. For sure. For sure. Or, or even if it didn't kill. Let's, say, let's just say for the sake of discussion that it did not kill anybody, but it put everyone in poverty. Okay and everyone was really hungry, and they couldn't do their shopping, and they couldn't, couldn't go on vacations, and the quality of life would be, it would descend to a, a very intolerable level, but we would all live, okay? Everyone's depressed, and so, you know what? That one person, suck it up. Okay, that's what you have to say. Now, then you, then you amplify a little bit. 10 people, 100 people, 1,000 people. If it's 1,000 people, I would give the same answer. 1,000 people is just, it doesn't warrant this kind of response. And I'll go even so far as to say that the 160,000, 185,000 people, even the 200,000 people that we're about to approach who died from this. That they're saying died. That they're saying died. That and, and, and that's another thing. You see how many of the issues there are here that, that supposedly died from COVID directly, not indirectly, or died with it as opposed to of it. They're saying two hundred thousand people.
1: Yeah, people, and we what we're talking about is people who died on a motorcycle accident, COVID. Yeah, people who it's died of a stroke. I told you about my relative, COVID. But, but let's someone, assume someone who died by a lightning strike on a roof, COVID. Right.
0: They, these are real ones. Oh, I know, I know. I, it's Bullets. Grossly, grossly inflated numbers. But let's say, for the sake of this discussion, that it's actually two hundred thousand, and it's legitimately people dying of COVID. Okay, they may have other comorbidities and such, but they died of COVID. I would say it's still not. It does not make sense to turn the, the, the shut off the, the light switch for the entire world precisely because it destroys civilization, destroys law and order, destroys the meaning of our lives, uh, and the, pro- the progress of civilization in and of itself. We've never done this before as, as, as humanity. We've never done it. And here we are doing this crazy thing. Uh, it does lead to depression. It does lead to all sorts of trauma among kids. It does lead to suicides. It does lead to parental and spousal abuse. It does lead to um, overdosing of, of drugs.
1: Yeah, what about the loss of freedom? And by that you I mean say nothing, loss of freedom, right. By this I mean, are we really trusting people... Like Garcetti, Cuomo, Newsom and De Blasio to, and Whitmer to give this power back to us when they're through with it. And after they set this precedent, are we really confident they were not going to do this again every flu
0: season, or anytime there's a hiccup? Right? Yeah, we we've are these people screen, are mad with it. We've power written a now? screenplay about this, and we now know exactly what to do. Right, that's 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 the approach that they might may very well take, and I think now the the response may be well well be to say uh -uh, no 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 we are not doing this again, we ain't doing this crap again, sir, because this this was so destructive to the economy and there was so much misinformation. It's a very weird dynamic. Anyway, look, I call this the year of fear, because it's not just our response to COVID; it's also the way we've dealt with the concurrent riot situation, which you could argue the COVID situation kind of helped enable uh, this kind of pent-up energy, but I don't think it is that way at all. I think it was a a two-pronged attack upon one Donald J. Trump, and in a, in a glorious effort to try to stop this man from being reelected. Right.
1: Black Lives Matter as an organization with Antifa was clearly ready for any moment for the go signal. And they did. And, and by the way, the interesting thing to me is the inconsistency on this very quickly, which is the same government officials who responded in way X to the China flu responded with way Y to the riot flu. Yes. isn't it interesting they took the exact opposite exact. approach yep because one hysteria was fine the other wasn't
0: right I like it I know it's, it's a very good point it's so it's so
1: compellingly but the- ironic that the people uh, we the law abiding gets our get our liberties absolutely trampled on right those the chaos loving get their liberties elevated And it just happens to line up with the people who support the the liberty takers in in elected positions.
0: What I'm trying to say is the one common theme here in both of uh, what we're seeing is this notion of fear. We are living in a society of fear and fear explains our response to the COVID virus and also explains our non-response as it were to the riots and the cowtowing to and giving and genuflecting and giving in to uh, the riders and not only giving in to them but glorifying them in the process. Uh, every Yeah, each, elevating the courage and risk
1: they took in light of the virus yes. to take to the streets for this message.
0: Yes. Right. So hence the non-response to the Chaz group in uh, Chaz area in Seattle. Hence the cr- crazy response um, by the NBA, where you know uh, now the court says Black Lives Matter on it. You know, uh, okay, like yeah, every
1: game is now a 48-minute yeah uh,
0: propaganda ad, yeah, it,
1: yeah. advertisement for it's that. It's disgusting, right?
0: And and then uh, you have you know people writing down Black Lives Matters in big big uh, yellow letters leading up, but this on the street leading up to the White House.
1: Yeah, and you uh, notice they're never writing hydroxychloroquine works on the courts. Of course, never. Isn't that interesting? Yeah,
0: it, it's it's yeah. it's a crazy time to, uh, I mean, to, to kind of try to package and look at this in any sense in, in, as a form of courage. There's no courage involved here whatsoever, and and God, I think, is so disappointed in us for deciding that we are going to retreat in our little shell and hope that the big bad virus passes over us yeah
1: but what well I you know I don't think God looks at the the people who do that uh, because in in the way you say because look at the message that those people are being fed only a little sliver of us get conservative messages because we have to seek it out these these messages of fear like the, we've talked about the the black lives matter friendly um, mm-hmm. uh, billboard across the street which is a Twitter ad. Right? It's right there on the street. Liberalism is just attacking you right there. Right. The messages of fear are being pumped into these people's heads every day on the news media. Yes. You but, know what I mean?
0: So no, it's no, like, no. What, would you d- how, what would you do if you were immersed in that and had no other information? Well, it reminds me of the funny uh, line from Homer in The Simpsons when he tells Marge, uh, you know, he, he kind of chastises her for accusing him of lying. And he says, ta-ta-ta, Marge, uh, it takes two people to lie. One to say the lie and one to believe it, <laughs> right? They, they, you have to do the, the tango. You have to do this dance. In order to project a world of fear, you have to say something scary and you have to also have a willing audience to be afraid.
1: Yeah, a receptive audience. All the issues is the habits created to these responses that became well, in the, the pattern of, of responses that become habits. And to me, it all goes back to September 11th in some ways, in which, to refresh, <laughs> because yeah. it's so long ago, four planes flown by 20 guys who all share a similar background, not that there's a smoking gun or a motive there, did something. And so rather than looking at those type of people and uh, I hate to use the word stereotyping, but yes, stereotyping, with the assumption that if anyone is gonna do anything like this, there's a good chance it'll be those kind of people with that kind of beliefs. Instead, they respond by making everyone not those kind of people take off their shoes, subject themselves to all sorts of lines, scans, travel, idiocy. It was classic critical theory, right? And that moment created a pattern in which you've seen so many responses to large-scale crisis fall into that pattern of non-common sense. Well, in it's a nice. it's, it's broad, untargeted response. Is the resp- is the is the pattern to respond with out of some strange uh, sense of fairness?
0: Well, it's a strange. It's also diffusion of the responsibility, right? At the end of the day, right. So it's like a a friend of mine once said, uh, you know, somebody, you know. Uh, F's with a monkey, and, and now we all have to wear condoms. Right? Yes. It's like, it's like why well, just quarantine that guy instead yeah. of just making us all have to deal with this madness now? So, um, or, or, you know, very similar, it's like that joke that I tell quite a bit. You know, how many morons does it take to screw in a light bulb, right? One to, it's a thousand. One to hold the light bulb in the socket, and 999 to turn the house around. Right, I mean, that's the way we've been dealing with the COVID crisis.
1: Yeah, and that's it? the same way they w- dealt with September 11th, yeah. though, and it became a habit. Yeah, and and look how at the facets of the COVID crisis, because some people might be susceptible of comorbidities. Everyone has to wear a mask in places that can't be spread. Of course, everything has to be shut down, including wide open spaces like beaches and hiking trails. Yeah, in the sunshine. Yeah, it, you cannot determine. Using your common sense, all the knowledge that you know about viruses from high school biology, because it's
0: unfair, okay. right? So, so let's let's get back to the main point. What is explaining all this? And I said it's it's fear, and fear can only come if you do not have the inoculation of God. Okay, God is the vaccine against fear. Think about it that way.
1: Is there efficacy proven? <laughs> is that <laughs> is yes. uh, Fauci just called. There's no double blind <laughs> studies. <laughs>
0: Ah, that's true mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if God really works No, of course I know God works and, and God is the most effective tool in this If you if you have God in your life you will, You'll see The response to the COVID crisis For what it is You'll have the perspective to say Wait a minute First of all, I know I should not live a life in fear I know that there is Risk in everything that we do And God wants us to take risks we, You know, to take that Chance that you know, uh, the, the, I don't know, whatever you like. We, when we fight the bad guys, when we fight the Germans, the Nazis in particular, because it's always a go-to favorite, right? Uh, there's a risk, in fact, a probability that many of your men will die in yeah, the process of fighting. Yeah, on as they storm the beach. They, they knew that for yes. a fact. and uh, But it was worth doing that in order to preserve our civilization. It could very well have been much easier. In fact, it would have been easier for them to say, well, good for today— Let's not have any lives lost, and we'll just try to minimize the number of lives lost if uh, Herr Hitler comes in and takes over our country.
1: Right, and okay. with this, I think the point you're making is so brilliant. Instead of preserving the civilization, we've destroyed the civilization to save a couple lives. It, well, that's, it's so Well, that's my article. Clear. That's my so article. so
0: perfect. I, I, I call that, and I wrote that on townhall.com where I said, you know, you call this a war. This, this ain't no war. You don't know what war is. And and that they made you feel as if somehow you were a hero for staying at home and slouching in front of Netflix, right? When in fact, uh, the whole mantra that's going on is that instead of what happened in World War II, which is that we sacrificed lives to sa- to save civilization, we are now sacrificing civilization to save lives. Right. And that was my of- that was my mirrored concept, and that. It had a really—I mean—it was—it really took hold very nicely. Yes. I was very proud of it, but it's kind of obvious when you see it, and—and and that is what you just alluded to, and, uh, you know, th- that is because there's fear involved. If you—if you say that we, even one life is worth destroying civilization, then you are living in a world of fear. Yeah, that's and, it. And look
1: how brilliant your analogy is. Mm. If you look at, say taking a dose of the virus and taking a bullet as one of the people on the beaches of Normandy will either give you a casualty or herd immunity, it suddenly really lines up. Right. The herd immunity built up by the resistance of the mass of invaders to the German bullets eventually overtook the machine gun nests and stormed Normandy and stormed Europe. Because we're cowering and not building up any herd immunity, because everyone's afraid of taking the bullet of the virus, no herd immunity is being built up, and it's still out there. Right. Right. Just as the virus point of view. Right. And then the exact, the, the in the vein of sacrificing um, he, uh, civilization to protect or save one life, um, Again, and oh, to the to the issue of risks. I, th- I think this is such another prescient point you stand on. Is look how they're more than willing to tell you to take the risk for anything, virus, looters, arsonists, police billy clubs to be out there on the streets for Black Lives Matter unity, <laughs> right? Right. So you're supposed to take the risk for that, but don't take the risk for this. And it's very similar to how they dealt with AIDS, right? Um, in COVID-19, the first guidelines, and some of them were made sense, because they're things you should be doing anyway. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Yeah. Stay away from people, mm-hmm. right? Those were the higher priority ones. But people suddenly wear the mask, and then they don't do the first three. When I wear a mask, I wind up touching my face ten you times. You're getting to but the I want to make, make a quick point. Look how Fauci dealt with AIDS the same way. He didn't tell them, hey, uh, just between you and me, and I know this gets a little graphic but I'll try to sanitize it for the children. There's a certain activity that spreads the AIDS. Right. Do everything else but that. Right.
0: And you should be 99% good. Right. But
1: no, they don't tell that.
0: Right. I know. I know that's <laughs> right? well that's part of my book. They but say just, right they that's say the just, just like, sex machines and, and and uh I I call that chapter what was it I called it like it was something about uh uh, oh, shoot It was the one about all the diseases Yeah, the, the, the CDC the, stuff, I forget what it was yeah. But it, it, but it, the, whole, the whole notion is That uh, they, they say everything but exactly that right. Like there's, They have to tiptoe around the issue When it comes to sex When it comes to any other disease Or alcoholism, let's say then they're willing to be bold. You know, right. we must stop the scourge of alcoholism or cigarette smoking for that matter. But when it comes to sex, oh, 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 oh. all sex is good. Just wear a condom, you know, be careful. Right, and in fact, no today. anal sex is the same as vaginal sex, is the same as oral sex and any other kind of even orgy sex is good. Uh, so long as you, you know, just just use a condom. Right. be, it's be the, cool, man. Be it's cool. the
1: same as self pleasuring yourself in a in an IBM clean room on a desert island somewhere right. where it's just <laughs> you after you have been dropped off by a plane five years ago. It's it's all yeah. the same. And then in fact, Fauci, so just as he did with AIDS, even said, don't shake hands. Keep social distancing, but go ahead and have sex with people you meet on Tinder and Grindr. That's just fine. I know. Well, about
0: that, COVID. That, that goes into my point of how they live in fear. They, they, you know, they do not want, they dance around these issues because they are so laden with threats uh, politically and from a socio-political point of view, the racism charge, for example. So you have to be so careful when you say, I don't believe in Black Lives Matter. And you say, I'm talking about the group. I believe that black lives themselves do matter, but I'm talking about the group Black Lives Matter, which I think is a Marxist group, and so on. You and I have to always kind of... Uh, well, I don't do
1: speak for yourself, well, mister. I like to keep my job,
0: but... <laughs> <laughs> but, but of course, black lives matter. But, and again, all lives matter. But to even say that is considered racist. And then, you know, the, the things that people say and the, p- the things that people do now, uh, you know, this genuflecting toward... Uh, all things uh socioeconomic and every social justice issue now you have to dance just dance all day long why because if you don't we will dox you we we will hound you at your your house even if you're a democrat even if you're the staunchest yeah, liberal anyone out who there, steps out of line then you, you will it. you will be you know in, in terror you yeah, in terror.
1: Jackie Lacey got
0: it right it exactly good point so these things are happening all over and they just are Terrified, even the NBA is, is this way. Look what happened recently with um, uh, isn't J- Jonathan Isaacs. Okay, do you know about him? Okay, great guy, great young man, nineteen no, twenty one years old. He's a rookie on the NBA. Oh, yeah, I
1: know the guy who hurt his knee. Yes,
0: this is. You no, know, hold on, hold on. This is amazing. Hold on, let me let me tell you. So, let's go in the way back machine to the year what 2015, 2014 when. A guy named Colin Kaepernick, during the national anthem at one of the football games, because Colin Kaepernick was becoming a has been very quickly, decided that he is going to take a knee while the national anthem was playing. And there was a lot of controversy about that because that's disrespectful. You know, you're, you don't do that during a football game, and certainly you don't do it during the national anthem. And there was a cause for national discussion is he a hero? Is he not? That sort of thing.
1: Right. And this is piggybacking on what happened five years before when a
0: guy named Tim Tebow took a knee for Jesus and was ridiculed up and down. Right. Okay. Right? So so we're, we're coming full circle, right? So but he was the minority, literally the minority of this uh, because he was one guy doing this. And there was issues about other people maybe joining him. But by by and large, anybody who did that was considered a schmuck, Right. Fast forward, and really, you don't have to fast forward very far (laughs) to the year 2020 when now with Black Lives Matter being such an issue, if you're the one standing while the national anthem is playing, you're the the wacko.
1: (laughs) Right, you're the wacko.
0: Wait, Ari, there's more. Oh, no, what yeah. yeah more. So it turns out after uh, either that game or a uh, subsequent game, fairly, fairly shortly after, he got hurt, his ACL got uh, you know, twisted or whatever, and he might be laid out for the entire season. Okay, so everyone in the Black Lives movement and their supporters, I'm sure, were just ever so thrilled, and their notion was, well, serves him right for resisting what was so important.
1: Classy.
0: Yeah, very classy, right? Yeah. So, it's it's. I wonder what goes in the mindset of somebody who sees this and says, "Look, the guy was just standing up for the flag. He wasn't saying that he's uh, pro the suppression of blacks or anything else like that, or a pro police brutality. On the contrary, he was just standing up for the flag, and they just wanted him. They just wanted to destroy this man." And that, that, that's issue number one. What, what goes in the mind of the viewer who sees this nastiness toward him? Uh, the, the, the wishful, uh, sorry, that, that they wish that he gets harmed as a result of him being an outsider like that. Right. Okay. It's
1: not just rooting against him, hoping that either he or his team lose. They want him to be injured.
0: Mutilated, maimed, right? They would dead. be happy about that. Well, his family you know, starved. How do out. you like? How do you like your side now? Is that's the question? Right. Okay. So here's another uh, element. To it. This is, I guess, part two. Part two is that take a gander. Which, which, uh, which famous athlete? The sales of which? No, I don't want to say that. Take a gander. What um, number of sales, you know, what, what his ranking of sales of, his jersey. Jonathan Isaacs. Jonathan Isaacs. It went Isaacs. to number one this week, I'm sure. Number, no, it went to number two right behind. LeBron James. LeBron James. Yeah. Right behind him. Okay. So that tells you something, right? Like, no, we support you, dude. I'm just surprised
1: there were that many uh, loyal Americans actually watching the games. But probably they weren't watching the games because I'm not watching them anymore. Uh, uh, And I'm a sports nut. They probably, like you, heard about the story and then went and ordered it.
0: Yes. Yes. Uh, Look, my my son loves basketball beyond all get out. So to me, it's more of a novelty of seeing how the game is being played now uh, because they don't have any actual fans in the stands. And, um, and it's just interesting to see. And plus, you know, the Black Lives Matter logo and everything else. So I've seen enough you know, already at this point to see how disgusting it is and how they're supplicating themselves to a point of ridicule. Uh, ridicule. And, and it's really humiliating. You just don't give in to the monster.
1: Yeah, and this is, by the way, in the shadow of what they did last fall with Hong Kong. I mean, they're so unself-aware this stupid league that maybe you made yourselves look really bad and exposed to how you're making so much money off of slavery yeah of course in China yeah, look, uh, while uh, complaining about racism in America and then you do this
0: look they they had this foray they had their fun uh, getting involved in, in politics and it's it didn't work out very well, okay? Right. It just doesn't work out. It's like saying, you know, let's see if I can fly off of this building, right, I, without any, uh, you know, glider or anything. I I think I can do it. I'll just flap my wings really well, my arms really well. No, it's not going to turn out well. So they've done this foray. It's been disastrous for them. Every sig- signal imaginable has told them that they've made a bad move here. They should have held their grounds and just simply... Held to what was what was fair and what was right. Same thing with the Washington Redskins, by the way, where, which I respected so much how they kept to their name and they said you ain't changing our name. And then of course now they buckled and now what what are they the Washington team, the footballers or something like that? That that's a it's a ridiculous name.
1: Yeah, and it was the name Redskins, that was a name that an Indian himself yeah. helped choose. It was to honor a particular Indian. Who who
0: used the word redskin in a way of honoring each other anyway, and their tribes? They, anyway, the point is, it's the year of fear. Okay? Yes. Now, now comes the so that so the the Black Lives Matter issue. It's we're really just living uh, under a, a, a form of fascism. It's a self-imposed fascism, but people are very hard-pressed to stand up and say this ain't right. Well, okay. Learning- so, so wait, wait, hold on, and and then it. it Begs the question, who's in charge here, right? Who are the people that are actually goose-stepping their way around town, right? Because the Nazis, they actually had guns, right? They are actually enforcing crazy, vicious laws and were rounding up uh, people that were not like them, particularly the Jews and the gypsies and the handicapped uh, and otherwise, and uh, and sending them off to concentration camps. So who are the people that are making us live in such fear? All right, let's take a look. Well, I have an answer for it. Do you- well, I, 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 I'm speaking yeah. rhetorically, yeah. but and I want to hear your answer. But just wait for a second. So, these are these are mostly people. That, at least as far as I see it, mostly people who are in their twenties. Most of them are white. They're not black. Um, they are uh, angry with the world, and so many for for so many different reasons. Uh, these are the kids that you saw when they were four and five years old, tantruming in the grocery store about. You know, 15 years ago.
1: Well, my kids did that, and they're conservative today. So it's no, no, not, hold on. it's not the tantrums. It's it's no, they the, were
0: they, they were never checked on this. Now, go with me on this, sorry, because the point is, when you allow kids to and you never give them any sort of boundaries, that's what they end up being. And and these are also the kids that were never given a sense of God, they were never given a love of America, and never given anything uh, to believe in.
1: Well, and, and that's my point. They, these are people who tantrum at age twelve, fourteen, eighteen, thirty, forty-six. Night, Hillary lost. Yeah, you know, you know
0: uh, tantrum period. And uh, uh, my- no, but the reason why they don't, why they tantrum, whether it's at, at, at any age, but they've been used to tantruming. That's what I'm trying to tell you, Ari. It's not just that they that the parents. Uh, gave into every lollipop request that they may have made. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about no boundaries, but more importantly that they never gave them every, anything to believe in. That's right. the point. Yes. And if you don't have God, if you don't have a love of America, a sense of history for that matter, a sense of where we're going, you will end up with these horrific people and they and what's so interesting is, they burn not only the American flag, but they burn the Bible. Okay, that's happening in Portland a lot now.
1: Well, they burn a lot of books. They burn Gone with the Wind, which is a book in a movie, essentially. Right. You know, they, they cancel things. They cancel knowledge. Well, so, they so, get so, rid of statues they don't like without it because it represents knowledge and information. So they're angry at information.
0: Right. So, But somehow that's okay when they burn the Bible. But when supposedly Christians burned other books that they deemed to be uh, not meeting certain quality standards or whatever, that was considered suppression and oppression, right? Okay. Yeah. Playboy magazine. Or yeah. Something. First of all, that didn't happen as much as they claimed. Right. Secondly, uh, I mean, it should. It, when, when you're actually burning the Bible, you're burning God. You're. you It's a, the symbol. Of what you hate, right? This this God notion,
1: right? Most likely, Christians. now that we know how media works, most likely a bunch of liberals got together, pretended to be Christians, burned Playboy magazines, and the media reported it. Most likely, you know the same way you'll yeah. hear this trope over and over again.
0: But they um, they just smothered the situation,
1: right? And and the, the worst of all, and Ken Burns repeated this over and over again and sportscasters always say this whenever Henry Aaron Hank Aaron the home run king before Barry Bonds broke his record is brought up it was always during his run to break the babe's record Hammer and Hank was getting all these racist letters turns out we know now because they admitted it. they were being written to him by the Weather Underground
0: right and the Students for
1: Democrat Society They oh, I'm not surprised they were fakes they were, they were, they were Saul Alinsky tactics
0: right of course, they, they, they create an enemy that doesn't actually exist. Right.
1: Okay. Uh, and poor Hammer and Hank believed it because they looked legit. Oh, of course. But, you yeah. know, the, the media didn't report the back end of the story, which is years later, Bill Ayers and the weather underground. Okay, I'm
0: getting it. a little lost in where we want to go, but I'm, I'm simply we're talking about fear, the year of yeah. fear in particular. And so, how does this all translate? Because these kids, and they really are kids, they're, they're about 20, maybe late uh, 16 to, to 25. That's the range. These punks, and they are punks and, not, and I'm not saying this like an old man Who's now looking at a younger generation And calling them punks uh, But they're they're truly punks In the full sense of the word they, um, they don't have meaning In their lives, and so they want to Thrust their vomit upon everyone else That's what's going on Punks, nothing more than that And, and punks by definition, in a dirty hairy sense They They don't have any meaning And so they have to Project their rage upon you. This is classic godless behavior, and this is where I'm getting at. I think that all these kids, we talked about this before, none of these kids have any sense of God. I, I, would, I would challenge you to find one protester, I, I should say, a violent protester, one who actually rioted through a Molotov cocktail. Uh, stomped on a police car, yeah, or whatever spray, it is, sprayed, sprayed spray graffiti, paint, graffiti, tagged, who, yeah. yeah, who actually goes to church on a regular basis? I defy you to find such a person. Yeah, that's, okay? a, that's a rare species indeed. And, 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 and certainly, he may exist, but I, I think it's going to be a handful at best, and probably only two fingers at that. That is, that is the that that is what I'm getting to, Ari. That there is godlessness afoot. You ever see the movie? Um, The movie, uh, what was it called? Oh, God, The Voyage Home. It's Star Trek, right, with the whales and everything else? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so this was a a good movie. Uh, It was very funny in its own way. But the premise of the movie was that, uh, in the Star Trek future, of course, uh, an alien orb comes by Earth and is trying to communicate with the whales. But they, we killed all the whales. But we, we had
1: got to go get some. All our fault.
0: Right. Yeah, so, but, but, but the important point is there are no whales to communicate with. And so it is searching, this alien being is trying to search for the, the whales. And in the process of searching, it, it destroys everything. I mean, absolutely everything. So the whole planet is, of course, in panic. And so they have to go back in time and uh, find this blue whale so that they can bring it to the, to the Star Trek present, and thereby the alien can then communicate with this whale, and all will be good, okay? Isn't that exactly what's happening here with these these kids? They will continue to destroy everything until they find some meaning in their lives. But there, it's unlike the whale. At least, they, at least in Star Trek, they identified what the problem was. And yeah, right? no,
1: the probe was at least looking in the right place.
0: Yeah. Well, no, no, but... No, not, putting that, putting not the, the present. But I'm saying, I'm the, saying, I'm saying well, hold on. Yeah. The, the, the federation figured out what the problem was. Oh yeah. Okay. Of course. So the aliens, what they need is they need a blue whale to, to say, communicate with. To say, hey, everything's okay. We're good. Yeah, we're <laughs> good. <laughs> that's right. Ever- and so at least they had that. But it's not the case now in the present, you know, riot situation. These kids are all running amok and we can't even identify the reason why they're running amok And the reason why. It's because they're angry. Angry that nobody has given them any meaning. They are searching. For that blue whale, as
1: it were. Yeah, well done, culture, news, media, and education system. There you go. And parents, there you go. godless
0: parents. Parents, are not, they're angry at their parents. They're angry at their teachers. They're angry at the media. They're angry at uh, entertainment, for that matter. They're even angry at their sports heroes. Yeah,
1: the best news is that they're angry at the teachers, the media, and the entertainment business. Thank God they <laughs> at least got that
0: part right. And they're politicians, yeah. for that matter. They're angry. They're, they're venting out, and they don't even know why they're angry. But, in fact, the reason why... Is because they don't have meaning and it's the number one thing we it's it's like depriving a child of any vegetables whatsoever yeah. okay? you, you know you can you can give, oh, hold on right. you can give them pasta you can give them french fries you can give them lollipops and coca-cola okay but at some point these kids are going to start really delving into horrific patterns of behavior and acting all terribly, and of course, living a very unhealthy life, because you haven't given them what they need.
1: Yeah, nutrients.
0: Nutrients! Yeah. It's as simple as that, and me, are unlike the animals, the number one thing that a human needs is meaning. And we will find that meaning one way or the other, okay? And if you don't find it through God, You'll find it through some sort of ism, whether that's fascism or communism or environmentalism and all the other isms that you can think of. That's the way they have to think. Yeah. And anarchy to them is that thing. Now, they will never stop. No. It's what, it's what you said off record before where you said it was a good point. We live in a society of five, we'll be back in five minutes. You know, everything is bite size, right? And. And it, it, it's the hint of meaning.
1: Yeah, little snackables, it's, it's junk food information. I like that, snackables. Any, yeah,
0: yeah. It's, it's, so it's, everything that I get is it's all about snackables. And there's nothing deep, there's nothing enriching for yeah. them.
1: And you know what's interesting <clears throat> is for a self-fulfilling prophecy, and I don't give any credence to the legitimacy of any message ever coming out of the likes of an Ocasio-Cortez or a Bernie Sanders, but isn't it interesting, and we've talked about this before, how self-fulfilling socialist mentalities are. Yeah. They tell you there are all these people being, des- de- being um, deprived of the American dream and promise. Right? That's a Bernie, how he talks, right, right? Right, Oh, yeah, they are, by you. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, in your type of person, is in charge of the education system. And you've deprived them of the
0: American promise. Well, but, but it's not you like that. But ju- they, they have perverted the American dream well, I- to say to, to say that it's it's their version of the American dream. What? You've robbed them of the American dream because you haven't I'm, given them free education, yeah, uh, free I, I'm not, uh, medical I'm, stuff, I'm not, everything. I'm not going into that. I'm taking just their words
1: literally. Because okay. it's interesting how truthful the literal words actually are. Yeah. It, it kind of, it's, it's the same communist technique as calling your organization a slogan, a phrase that you can't argue with, like 2 plus 2 equals 4 or Black Lives Matter. Yeah. Right? So right. It, it, imagine a, a, for argument's sake... A organization that promotes common core math called 2 plus 2 equals 4. Yeah, And then everyone says, well, you can't argue that 2 plus 2 equals 4. And (laughs) you don't know if you're talking about the organization or the phrase, right? So here's the thing. Whenever the the socialists say they've been deprived of the American dream, in literal terms, yeah, they are. If you have an education system run by these goofballs, if you have government policy that defies... deprives minority oh forget minority all as many families as possible of fathers if you have a society that doesn't allow prayer anywhere except for the little safe space carve out called church but you're not allowed to take the philosophies of church with you to the workplace or anywhere else of course masses amount of people are being deprived of the american dream by the very people we are now telling people that they've been deprived by the American dream, but they never tell them, "Oh, you know you can have the dream back real easy. Read this book, study this stuff, behave this way, and do these things, and within five years you'll have the American dream. in fact, we all will all
0: right so what, <laughs> what we're right? see, yeah now what we're seeing here now is an effort, and again, you have to get into the mindset of these writers, you know what do they want right uh, and it's we already discussed that they want meaning, and they, although just they don't realize that what they're looking for is meaning, they're they're venting their anger because it, it goes with anger, right? It's not just that they're sitting at home doing nothing; they're really angry. They're looting and everything else, but and seeing opportunity. But the anger is out there, and the anger is simply because no one has taught them to love God, to love America, to appreciate what they have, and such. That's why we say so confidently, you and I, Ari, that none of these rioters, and again, the rioters as opposed to the protesters.
1: <laughs> no, they're, they're, come on. Seriously. That's like. Whatever, whatever, to, whatever. Yeah, that's whatever, like whatever. saying whatever, the protest Ari. is mostly peaceful. No, this, they're all the same.
0: This derailment has been brought to you by Ari David. Yeah, well, it's just true, okay? Okay. So uh, that's why we can say with great confidence that the rioters are not churchgoers, okay, and, and we would be, I would be wildly surprised if you could show me five people who are serious churchgoers, serious churchgoers, not, not somebody who happened to visit, you know, a, a famous church on a, on a tour in Europe once, okay, I'm talking about a real uh, churchgoer who loves God and loves yeah. and, Jesus. And
1: not the Wright's church. Of right? course, no. Be, not Farrakhan's
0: no, church. No, no. They're a very destructive and very hateful church. So they don't believe in God. I, I, of I, course I, not. That's not. That's not Jesus. That's not God. Okay, so that is what we're dealing with. And you go into the mindset of these people, and you'll find out that what they really want is to reboot society. Not because they actually believe in socialism. I don't think they even know what socialism is. They have this vague sense, Ari, that society is too complex for them, that they have—they don't like the notion that they can actually climb their way through and actually succeed in this, because that might entail hard work, right? right? they
1: need romper room, and somehow they're in Harvard physics classes. Right. It's just too complicated.
0: Right. Well, they don't even like, speaking of physics, they don't like the notion of physics or calculus or anything that sounds complicated, because it's just a bunch of numbers. It's fuzzy mass for, for them, and they want to... To blow it up because somehow they they think that if they blow it up it'll be much better you know they they don't they don't of course think about how they're going to make it better but they they've been so um deprived of any sense uh, of of organization or a sense that they can make anything out of their lives um, that they decide that, well, if I blow it up, somehow it'll work out better.
1: Yeah, and that's why we have leaders like Garcetti and Newsom who here in California and Los Angeles who talk to us like we're morons, if you know of course. he course. When, when Garcetti talks, he talks to you like you're in, in the kindergarten. Well, children, you have to stay safe, wear a mask, do it. I, I Okay, say. but that's a different and thing. And I don't want to get angry I'm not, I'm not
0: talking about that. I'm talking about their mindset. Of why they want to destroy. You would think, because, you know, as a rational person, you would think, why are they destroying everything? Uh, because they have to live in the same filth later on, right? So what, what's their what's their goal? I'm telling you, their goal is destroy everything and then rebuild from there and somehow it will all work out. Yeah,
1: as if they know how to rebuild. And it's more to that point. These are the kind of people who are already living in filth. They just want you and I to live in it too.
0: Right. It's The way they're reacting is a little bit, and and for that matter, the people who respond to these rioters, uh, is like um, when you find yourself in a crazy situation and you just kind of surrender really quickly. You panic and you surrender.
1: Yeah, take my wallet, take my keys. Yeah, whatever it is, take my wife,
0: you know, whatever it is, and you just surrender quickly. And you don't take the stand that you need to do. You need to protect your wife, protect your children, and say, you know, over my dead body are you handling my wife. Okay? Right. And and you are not touching, hold on, yeah. you're not touching your, you're not touching my kids. That takes a stand. But it's it's very easy to panic and run away. Oh my gosh, I, I, you're the first one to see the gun come out? You're out of there, right? And uh, and, and you're leaving your, your wife alone to be uh, raped, molested, whatever. Now, horrific stuff can happen when you panic. And that's what's happening. We're seeing a world of panic that's what happens when the majority of your culture has chosen godlessness over a world with God. Now, they, they mock us, sorry. They mock us by saying, "Oh, you want to go to a world where, you know, every Sunday was church, uh, church day, and so everything was closed on, um, on Sundays, and uh, there was no graffiti, and people didn't swear. And, and you know what I say? Get damn straight—that's the world I want to go back to. Get well, damn straight.
1: Well, yeah, but also that very description is a liberal's version of a conservative idea. That's fine. Now yeah, they have some things right there, but, yeah. But do you love how they superimpose it and strawman it as if it's a bad thing. It's so thing, absurd. Because right? Because they don't—they don't say no. What I want is a, a, a world in which every day, including the Sabbath. Everyone is civil to each other. That's right. Every day,
0: people work hard to handle their own but stuff. But that's my
1: point. You right? cannot
0: have that, yeah, that world. Hold on. Yeah. You cannot have that world if you forget that God is the reason for the world in the first place. Yes, that's, absolutely. That's it. But they act
1: as if uh, we want nothing but the work of the Sabbath without any of the pleasure, like a baseball game or being able to take a Sunday drive oh, or a good
0: meal. Of course, no, you no, know? they're absurd. <laughs> The fact is, we're humans too. We we like to have our popcorn. We like to have our uh, nookie with our 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 special significant others. Uh, We like to take vacations and. We like to
1: laugh and love and watch and be entertained. Right, and every once in a
0: while we'll swear too. But the point is, we want that civility. We want discretion in our in our words. We want discretion in our sexuality. We want discretion in uh, the way we treat each other. That's it. And we want people to work hard. We want to to. We, and, we, and we expect people to not get freebies and not to expect entitlements. The word entitlement has really rocked the civilization in a bad way, but it's inevitable in a world without God. And that's how I wrap it up. That's it. Everything that we are seeing in the COVID response and then the subsequent Black Lives Matter and the riots and such like that, everything can be explained by way of fear. Everything that you're seeing. Everything, Ari. If God were in the picture, we would deal with the COVID crisis exactly like you said. Let's, let's make sure we wash our hands more often. Let's make sure that we try to you know, sneeze into our elbows and things like that. Yeah, be And courteous. otherwise be courteous, right? Yeah. And, uh, and then when it came to, to uh, the riots, we would clamp down really quickly and say, look, this, this dog don't hunt. Uh, you know, you're acting like maniacs over here, and we don't, we don't tolerate that sort yeah, of crap Yeah, peaceable here. assembly, no arson. Right. Please. Please. Exactly right. And we don't give this room-to-destroy mentality, right? Yeah. But that room-to-destroy mentality is what is going on, and that is a mentality of fear. And it thrives. Fear thrives in a world without God. That's it. I'm Brock Lurie. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you next week.